an unchanging Christ. He is just the same. I've asked Ginny, I said, Ginny, if possible, I would like to hear this song every January 1st and when we start. And this is going to be happening until the Lord takes us home. (laughs) Uh, This is the second Sunday of the new year. And uh, I pray to God that uh, the words that are on my heart, that he will give me the liberty and the uh, thoughts to relay them to you. Because he spoke to me about what I'm going to talk to you about. He spoke to me about a verse. I was studying the book of Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Open up if you will please. Chapter 5. Chapter 5. And guess what was he talking about here? People come and people go. Things change. Do you have it there? And he said, we might be here, we might not be here. We don't know. Let me read the first nine verses. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house... We groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, have, we, having put it on, shall not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, this body, we groan. We are burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed in order that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, Also, we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. I will repeat verse 9. Therefore, also, we have as our ambition, in some of your uh, Bibles it says, our aim, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. When I reached that verse, when I was studying, and... I said, Lord, it hit me. It hit me real hard. I said, Lord, what what is it you want from me? He said, Adol, I want to find you during 2006, pleasing to me. The subject is pleasing our Lord this year. Last week, we remembered. That we, last week, we spoke about something to sing about, right? Did we forget? Seven days? I hope not. Something to talk about. Something to witness about. And something to praise the Lord about. Is the year that He's given us. 
But today, as we have this ambition, whether at home, whether at home here, or whether absent, if the Lord takes us, we will be found pleasing to him. Are you ready this morning? I want to speak about two things. To be found pleasing in his eyesight. And what he requires us to do to please him. And then are we ready to commit to that? Are you willing to commit to that? So if you say, it'll go ahead, I will go ahead. If not, we'll end the meeting. What do you think? Amen. We find ourselves this very morning on the 8th of January 2006 on a new highway, Highway 2006. With all of its opportunities for ministry to others and service to our Lord. We have a big challenge. We have aims, as we read. We have ambitions. As we stand at the gate of a new year. Our horizon is limited. Not knowing what lies ahead. There will be hills and valleys. Last Thursday. uh, The women who were here. And uh, they were very fortunate and blessed. To learn about hills and valleys. In our lives. We do have them. Tunnels to cross. Mountains to climb. And opportunities to seize. These are all ahead of us. There will be also tests, as we heard about that last Thursday. And the question is, how will we fare? Do we have any assurance that we can safely and successfully make it through this year? What lies ahead? Do we have a road map for the journey? Is this year when we are going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air? And I hope we will. And I say amen to that. While thoughts and questions go through our minds, a small still voice whispers. And that voice comes from heaven. Lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. So if your crystal ball is foggy this morning, so I say, if you don't know what lies ahead, one thing we know, that we are going blindly on this highway. No. Lo, I am with you. Who said, lo, I am with you? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is with us. And since he is with us, He's never been in a ship that never made it. He's never entered a life that did not succeed. He's never touched a soul that did not set to go to heaven. When Jesus is with us, do not fear. Lo, I am with you till the end of the ages. So, on this highway, since we don't have that crystal ball, we have Jesus Christ to lead us. Until we get to the other shore. Be of good courage. Christian. I ask you today. Be of good courage. And with grateful confidence. Shout this 
what I find in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12. He who has helped us thus far will help us all the journey through. Are you afraid? No. Amen. Thank you for now. We're not. Is it clear? No. Do we know what's coming tomorrow? No. But we know one thing. The God of tomorrow is with us. What was it that carried us through last year? In Acts chapter 26 and verse 22, there is a little simple verse that I would like to draw your attention to there. I stand to this day because I have obtained help from God. Think of that. Having, that Paul is saying, obtained the help from God, I stand to this day. So, children of God, Christians, do not be afraid. We are going to keep standing until the Lord comes. Now, when I read this verse, and I said, Lord, what do you want me? What manner do you want me to live during the coming year? I want to be a blessing. I want you to use me. He said, Adol, I want you, I want to find you pleasing in my eyesight. He issued a challenge. And how to be pleasing is okay, fine, Adol, I hear you. But how to be pleasing in his eyesight? There is something we need to do to please God, right? There is some action on our part. And we need to, and Paul answers this and clears this to us this morning. Okay, let's open our Bibles to uh, Romans chapter 12. A very uh, known two verses. The, very, the first and second verse. I want to read it uh, in the American Standard. And then I want to read this verse in the Phillips translation. And this is what I want you to hear. I urge you, therefore, brethren, all of us, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that the will of what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In the translation that uh, Philip's translation, this is the challenge that Paul, the Word of God, puts before us. With eyes wide open, we're on the highway. With eyes wide open. To the mercies of God, I beg you, I beseech you, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. How do you like this? Isn't it better? Okay. With eyes wide open. What the Holy Spirit is saying here, show your allegiance, your loyalty. Your commitment, your beliefs in a practical behavior, then you will be pleasing in my eyesight. And he adds on 
And now I'm using another translation, the Phillips translation. Listen to this. Do not be conformed to this world. And it's translated as such. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Do you want to be pleasing in his eyesight? Do not let the world around you, this is the word of God, squeeze you into its own mold. We have ambitions. This is why the apostle said, our ambition, our aim. I mean, let me ask you a question. Most, most probably you have asked the Lord, I want to do this this year. Or so many people, as we hear, they, uh, they make some resolutions, right? We Christians don't make the resolutions. We ask God to help us to be better Christians. That's all. We have, we have, and today, if we have any ambition, and I hope we will, or aim that you want to perform, you want to achieve this year, say, Lord, help me, and help me to commit to it. Two words. This ambition I would like to do for you. And I ask you to help me to commit to it. As redeemed children of God, having been made new creatures, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, okay, in Jesus Christ, we live in a world system that is under the dominion of the evil one. Do you agree with me? We are strangers here. We are only visitors This sinful world in which we live today is not passive or unconcerned. On the contrary, it is very aggressive and it requires extreme efforts on our part to combat the system that we are living in. Then, as we heard from Paul in Romans, that we need not to let this world around us to squeeze us into his mold, we should be different. Don't you think so? We should be different. He's urging Paul, the Christians in Rome, he is not telling them, I command you. He's beseeching them. He's begging them. If you notice, he says, I urge you. I beseech you, I appeal to you to have a transformation of heart, a change of life. At the very beginning of this year, may God give us hearts that are more sensitive. Conscience that is more sensitive. So as we go around, we can be a blessing and we can avoid the things in the world that try to mold us and make us part of this world. Remember, we are living in the world, but we are not from this world. Jesus Christ lived in the world, but he was never one of this world. And he wants us to represent him this way as ambassadors for Christ. The question is, we need to be different. Do I want to change? This is what I do I want to change? Do I want to change from last year? I have an ambition. Lord, change me. We heard the song, the beautiful song. Every year, you're going to sing it, Lord willing, as long as I live. Okay. We, 
There are many things changes. And we need to change. For the better. We cannot be stagnant. Lord. As I ask you. Do I want to change? Do I want to leave this habit? Do I want to practice anymore this sin? Do I want to live in the same rut that I've been living in? Lord, I want to please you. It's enough. Or the question is, do I listen to his voice? Am I obedient to his voice? Or how much change has taken place in my life during the past year? How am I thinking about others, about God, about my ministry, about life? Am I listening, God? Am I obedient? I read the story about obedience. This is not, but obedience is a major part that affects our life and walk with Christ. Don't disregard that point, obedience. And you tell me, Ado, you speak always about obedience. Johnny, one note. Yes, I am. <laughs> obedience, obedience. But it reminds me of a story. I don't have it in my script, but remind me of this story. The mother downstairs, it's a family that have a, a beautiful daughter who's about six, seven years old. And suddenly she heard her screaming and crying on the top in the room uh, on the upper floor. And the father was coming down the stairs, says, what's wrong with her? I said, you go talk to her. I don't know what's wrong. She's, I've been talking to her. Wow, she's screaming. I never knew my daddy to be this way. I never. And the mother ran out and says, Honey, what happened to you? What is wrong with you? And uh, she started after, after, uh, she took her in and after begging her to tell her, says, Daddy, daddy spoke to me very harshly. He says, What did he say? I, I knew your daddy for since 15 years. He never says one word. We never hear his voice. I mean, uh, he's such a godly man. Honey, what happened? She said, he gave me the four-letter word. Four-letter word? Why? What happened? I says, well, what did he say? Could you tell me the word? He says, yes. Obey. (laughs) You get it? Say, oh, honey, (laughs) obey. If we are obedient to Christ, we will be pleasing him. Yes, Mike? Amen. Mike said, amen. This is very important. (laughs) And if we are motivated in this way to listen to God, to accept his ways in our lives, To change what needs to be changed. To follow him. We will be found the results. Pleasing in his eyesight. We become. The word of God says in Colossians 1. And chapter uh, chapter 1 verse 10. We become fruitful in every good work. Do you want to be fruitful? These are the things that I've been studying. I don't have a preach today for you. I want to share what the Lord talked to me about. You become more fruitful. We want something practical in our lives. We don't want to say, hey, Adel spoke a great message. No. We want God to speak to our lives. 
I want to listen this morning and I want to what? Obey. O-B-E-Y. I want to obey him. You become fruitful in, a, in every good work. God will give you a fruitful life. Do you want to be fruitful? How about that tree in your backyard that doesn't give fruits? What do you want to do with it? Do you want to be fruitful? He says also, you will increase in the knowledge of God. Your, your life will be richer. You'll have a better life. You'll be able to share God about God with people around you. And you will be able to tell them what the Lord has done in your life. And you will be walking, not afraid of God. What's going to happen to me? Pleasing in his eyesight. Do you know, uh, I don't know whether you experienced that. The, the day that is good for me is when I walk and I know God is smiling, smiling upon me. Do you, do you ever imagine that? Is God smiling upon you this morning? Is God smiling upon you? That means you're doing His will. You're obeying His will. If God is not smiling upon you, we have a problem. And let's, let's obey God. Let's do His will. Let's try to please Him. Let's offer our bodies as a sacrifice for Him. And let us avoid being molded in this life like others. We are Christians. We should be different. And let me ask you this question. Are you different? What's your ambition today? What's your aim? On this new highway of life. What's your aim? What's your goal? Oh I'm going to make resolutions. We're going to talk about that. What's your goal? Think about that. And if you. While sitting here says. Okay he's right. The brother is right. And I want, I want to promise to do this. Very good. Hang on to this point. Each and every one of us would like to achieve something this year. Ask Lord to, the Lord to help you. Which gives. And in other words, when you do that, when you do that, your life will become richer. Fuller, as the song says. And deeper. And will become sweeter as the years go by. Do you want to please God? Now, if you said, oh yes, Adel is right, I, want to, I promise God to be that way. I promise to achieve this. I promise to live closer to Him. I, I promise to live more consecrated to Him. I promise to be a, a kinder husband, a better wife. We are talking as a family of God here each other. And you, you decide in your mind, what is it that you need to give to the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to be a better Christian. This is good. I'm giving you these thoughts. And then, let's commit to that. Let's commit to that. Remember at the very beginning I said, let's see what's our ambition and let's commit to it. And what's commitment? Last night, after eating so much during the Christmas, <laughs> oh yeah, and after putting on some pounds, my wife had a dream this year to cook Lebanese food for 10 days. And i telling you, we enjoyed it, but we put on some pounds. <laughs> to buckle the pants, you have... 
And then you buckle the pants. Yeah. Then last night we said, well, all of us as a family, okay, are we going to make a commitment to go on a healthy diet? Lift up your hands. We all lifted up our hands. And so far I'm holding. <laughs> Until I see the peanut jar, you know, then, well, you make a commitment. Say, Lord, I want to be found pleasing in your eyesight. I want to do this to please you. And can you commit to that? I want to challenge you this morning. Can you commit to that? The question is, why do we commit to go on a diet and follow it? And we don't commit to be different people and go for, uh, for the Lord, go for broke. Why don't we? People commit to many things. And they follow it. But they never commit to something that affects them spiritually. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, we can. Lo, what did we say? I am with you. Always to give you strength to anything you commit to please him and to be found pleasing. Late. <clears throat> the definition of commitment. Say, what's the definition of commitment? Okay, here it is. To do some act or make some declaration which may bind the person in honor, good faith, or consistency to pursue a certain course of conduct or adhere to the spirit of that declaration. This is Webster's. Are we willing to adhere to what we have committed to? Yes or no? Oh, yes. This is yes. It be a big yes. Because you cannot break it. Late on uh, 1 December, an elementary school principal said to his teachers, Let's all write our New Year's resolutions about how we can be better teachers. And I'll put them on the staff bulletin board. The teachers agreed, and when the resolutions were posted, all crowded around the bulletin board to read them. I want to see Adel's resolution, you know, and I want to see the others. One of the young teachers in the group suddenly went into a fit of anger. She said, he didn't put up my resolution. It was one of the first ones. He doesn't care about me. That just shows what what's like to work around here. And she went on and on. Ranted and raved. The principal who overheard this from his office was mortified. He didn't mean to exclude her resolution. Quickly rummaging through the papers on his desk. He found it and immediately he went, as the story says, he went to the bulletin board and tacked it up there. The resolution read, I resolve not to let little things upset me anymore. <laughs> Adam, you like that? Resolution, yes, but no commitment. It's not a commitment. What we commit to, to live pleasing in his eyesight, let us do that. We cannot back off. Commitment, someone said, means willingness to be unhappy for a while. I repeat that. Commitment means to be unhappy for a while. Because once you commit, and there are some restrictions with that commitment, do you break it? 
how do you go forward? Once you commit to live for Christ and to be pleasing in his eyesight, he will start asking you for sacrifices. He starts asking you to do things that you don't like to do. Do you stick to the commitment? Or do you say, heck with the commitment? I'm going to the peanut jar. <laughs> to commit to live for him wholly. To be an example for your friends, for your families, for your school, for, for the teachers with you. Okay. To be, commit to live a holy life. Pleasing in his eyesight. The Lord is going to ask you to do few things. Every commitment comes with some sacrifice. Are you willing to do that? Resolutions are made to be broken. This teacher broke the resolution before it was stacked on the board. Like exactly what they did with the children of Israel before they received the Ten Commandments, they broke the Ten Commandments. These were resolutions. But a commitment is not a resolution. A commitment is to stick to a declaration that you made before God. And God will help you to do it. General William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, was asked the secret of his amazing Christian life. Booth answered, I told the Lord that he could have all that there is of William Booth. Not far. You have an ambition. You have a commitment. You want to please him in 2006. And you have some areas that you said, Lord, I give you this area. You committed to him. You know, you should say with William Booth, I told the Lord that he could have all that there is of William Booth. He could have all that there is of Adol, of Dean. Of George, of Wanda, of anyone else. Are you willing to offer ourselves as a sacrifice on the altar of our Lord Jesus Christ? This is what Paul is saying. I'm going to make it easy on you, he said. In order to be pleasing in his eyesight, as long as we are in this tent, in order to please him, we need to offer our bodies as a sacrifice. In other words, anything for Jesus is not hard. How committed are we? That's the question. How committed are you? Are you going to go all the way? Are you going to all as, 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 as long as I can do it? God help me. God will help you. If you make a decision to commit your life to him, God will help you and will change your life because God wants you to be a different person. There was a pious old gentleman who asked, the Lord every prayer meeting he used to pray the following prayer use me O Lord use me in some advisory position use me O Lord use me in some advisory capacity don't ask me to do something that I don't like to do so many people come. Can we help in the church? Yes. Can you help in doing this? I'll try. Because this is not what they want to do. 
But thank God for our church. We have a waiting list for people who would like to clean the church. How about that? A waiting list. We can't accommodate you all. We, sorry, we regret that we cannot accommodate you all. How would you like to serve him? How committed are you? Then you will be found pleasing in his eyesight. Am I pleasing the Lord in everything? This man looks, he looked for a contribution who who wanted to serve the Lord in an advisory capacity. He looked for a contribution, not a commitment. Let me contribute. We want bodies to offer themselves, to sacrifice, to work hard for me. When he sent that 12 disciples to the world, what did he say? Go. Go to the world. Preach, teach, and baptize. Don't look back. And the world said something about them. These are the ones that turn the world upside down. A half-hearted Christian cannot take the world upside down. God is looking for a fully sold out for Jesus Christ Christian. And this is the commitment you make to be pleasing in his eyesight. Simple. We're almost done. I read a story. It was humorous, yet it has the message for us today. A chicken and a hog. Did you hear about this story before? What's a hog? Pig. Okay, good. Clear. A chicken and a hog were walking past a church building one day when they noticed the Sunday morning sermon posted on the outside bulletin board. And it says, helping the poor. Which is good. They walked away when the chicken suddenly came across with a suggestion. Hey, say, brother hog. Why don't we give all the poor people a nice breakfast of ham and eggs? (laughs) I told you, it's it's humorous, but it will give us, okay, all right, can we we go uh, further? The hog thought a moment and replied, that's all right for you to say, because for you it is only a contribution. But for me, it's total commitment. The Lord succeeded in his ministry, in his mission, because he was totally committed to the task before him. Can you imagine if the Lord was half-hearted, what would have happened to us? Can you imagine if he didn't go to the cross, what would have happened to us? Can you imagine him uh, bringing... uh, uh, all the angels of heaven to rescue him, which he could have done if he wanted to, from the cross where he nailed our sins there and paid for them with his own blood. He was willing to give up everything, even his life, for the cause he believed in. And no one succeeds in life until he reaches the point that he is willing to lay down his life for Jesus Christ. When Paul said, 
these words, what did he mean? If you have still your Bibles open to Second uh, Corinthians and chapter 5. Let's read this verse again. Verse 9. Therefore, also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. What did you have in view? Why are you saying this? What is it? Read verse 10. The answer. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's it. He said, I am looking beyond the scene. Beyond 2006. I am looking when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he said, Paul, well done. Suppose the Lord comes today. And then suddenly you find yourself before the judgment seat of Christ. Not to be judged, but to be rewarded. What would his words be to you? Well done. You've done good. While meditating on this, I thought of the, of many people that will stand. You would think of Billy Graham. Well done, right? You think of Billy Sunday, well done. You think of D.L. Moody, well done. Spurgeon, oof, come in. We don't need, you, don't need, you don't need a card. You don't need an invitation. And these people and these men of God will be done. But you know, I thought of someone. How about that thief who was on the cross and he didn't have time to do anything but he committed his life to him. He said, in your life, in your hands, I commit my life. The Lord has called him and says, hey, come on here. Maybe his name was Benjamin. I don't know. So let's call him Ben. Ben, I want to award you the highest award. So what have I done? Because you were not ashamed to profess me in front of all these people and to commit your life to me. Regardless, whatever the task that you have, whatever the decision that you made in your life, Whatever the responsibility that you have in your church, whatever you're given to do, do it with a full heart and commit to it until he comes. Do you know what the Lord lifted up his hand and says, Benjamin, look at the half a million people in that corner and look at the hundreds of thousands in that corner. He said, yeah, there are millions here, Lord. What is it? He says, this corner, they were all saved because of your story. Do you ever think of that? Because you said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom today. Preachers preached about it. You might say, I, I have a little responsibility. Or my decision is not to make any, uh, any, any impact on anyone else. If your decision is pleasing in the God's eyesight, it will make an impact on your life and your life will be an example for others. Do not belittle that thing. If there is a sin that it's between you and the Lord, says, Lord, I commit it to you. I will never go back to it this year. And this way, this way I want to be found pleasing in your eyesight. The Lord will say, well done. 
And if you did not so far this year, commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the time to do it. What I mean by that, give him your heart. What I mean by that, ask Jesus Christ to save you. What I mean by that, you need to be born again. In your hands, I commit my life. Would you do that before you leave this place? This is the call. It's not a resolution. It's not a contribution. It's a total commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, are we willing to commit our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes? Amen. Let's bow our heads and ask him to take that commitment seriously and change our lives. Our Lord, we give you our lives this morning. We pray that whatever thoughts we have, whatever commitment we are making at this very moment or later on today or later on this week, whatever we do will bring glory to your name. For we want to be found pleasing in your eyesight. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The meeting is over. God bless you and be with you. And have a wonderful year on this highway 2006.